0: So good morning, everyone, welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Lloyd, and I'd like to share a devotion with you this morning out of John's Gospel, chapter 13. As we know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. Uh, John being sort of the more emotive and kind of deep um, when it comes to not only his recount of Jesus' life and times, but also in terms of his theology. Uh, Some of us might know that he starts out with the famous um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, you know, it's um, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. Um, it's quite a, quite a deep um, opening sentence, really just speaking about the centrality, I guess, of Jesus to the whole of creation. Um, and of course, John also has the probably the most memorized verse in all of the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. If, uh, if you'd like to finish that for me um, on the comments, that would be great. Um, but chapter 13 is also um, a famous chapter where we read of a few other milestone moments, I guess, um, in the gospel story. For example, this is where we read the account of um, the Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. Um, it's recorded in, in the other gospels as well. And this is where some pretty radical things happen during this Passover meal. Um, it would be the last time, in fact, that Jesus would share this meal with his disciples before he was crucified. Uh, this is where we read as part in, in kind of part of this, this um, supper that they have, this, this meal. This is where Jesus washes his disciples' feet, Um, It's also the moment, it's also the evening where Judas um, betrays him, where we kind of get a first sort of glimpse as to what that looks like. It's a really weighty and sort of awesome passage of scripture, and it's written in such a way where you can almost kind of feel the tension and the beauty that's that's building up around these moments where where Jesus shares this, this Passover meal with his disciples, which, as we know, is symbolic of his death, burial, and resurrection, right, that he was about to go through for the salvation of the world. Um, And this is also, um, John chapter 13 is also where we read the famous instruction that Jesus gives to his disciples where he says in verses 34 to 35, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. But by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's an amazing passage of scripture and I, I really love it so much. And it always interests me how, you know, or just to note that out of all the things that Jesus could have used to describe um, how the world would know who his disciples were, he chose to use the words, love one another. Not by this all, you know, all people know that you are my disciples, if you can remember the whole of, you know, Romans 8, or if you can pray in New King James, or even if you can give and how much you give. And all of those things are obviously noteworthy goals, but Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This would be the distinguishing factor between his followers from the rest of the world. And I thought, I've always thought that that was quite, um, that was quite something. But in studying this chapter lately, I, I discovered one or two other little, I guess, treasures, if you want to call them that, that I would like to share with you this morning, just as a, as a devotion, something to think about, something to meditate on as you head out into your day. So it's more of a you know, something uh, kind of like a thought to ponder on as opposed to a mini-message with three points this morning. But maybe it's also something that you can encourage someone else with um, that might need some of the love that Jesus was talking about to his disciples in those verses that we read just now. So let's have a look at at, at two of these key key passages together and I'll share one or two thoughts with them, uh, with you from them. The first one is, is in verses 3 to 5. Uh, this is uh, John chapter 13, verses 3 to 5. Jesus knew that the father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from the table, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. Man, this is such a vivid picture for me um, in terms of how our Lord Jesus modeled what true leadership looks like. You know, notice how that verse starts off by saying that Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands. He was fully aware of the authority, the power that he had in and of himself from the Father. But notice then what the Lord chose to do with that authority and power. He served. He served his disciples. It's like this text is almost, you know, building up uh, to kind of set the scene for Jesus to perform a, you know, a, a massive miracle on sort of astronomic proportions, yet It set him up to show how he served. (laughs) He got it from the table to serve his disciples by washing their feet. If there was ever an example for us as leaders out there in terms of how interwoven serving and leadership are, there it is. (laughs) There it is, isn't it? You know, Jesus also, according to this text, he knew that he was going back to God. He had a sense of his purpose, a sense of his identity, a sense of his destiny and his ultimate return to his home. And so not only was he aware of the authority that he had, but he also knew his destiny. So I guess if you wanted to use a little equation in terms of biblical leadership to kind of describe it, you could say that authority plus destiny equals serving. (laughs) Authority plus destiny equals serving. When you know that your leadership is a gift from God and you know your identity and you use that gift to help others also find their destiny in God, that's what produces serving. That's what that's what results in this kind of servant leadership that we see modeled by Jesus in scripture. And it's very counterculture, isn't it? Because usually, in sort of worldly terms of leadership, when you have authority plus power, that usually results in tyranny of some kind, right? It's very opposite to the leadership character that Jesus is modeling for us in this passage. You know, people need to know their God-given destiny. And I guess as leaders and followers of Jesus, we have that call on us today. You know, in fact. Jesus says in verse 15, for I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. There, there it is. And so perhaps let's remind ourselves and other people that we meet who they really are. You know, who's they really are by how we serve and love them. As Jesus set this example for us in Scripture. Amen. And then secondly, the second little passage that I wanted to share with you is from verse 21 to 25. Um, This is is what it says in John 13, 21 to 25. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, speaking about Jesus. The disciples started looking at one another, uncertain uh, which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, that's John, as we know, he's the only disciple that referred to himself by that terminology, was reclining close beside Jesus. Simon Peter motioned him to find out who it was he was talking about. So John leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? You know, I find John's gospel account so fascinating in that we know, you know, he's the only one that referred to himself by, as the disciple whom Jesus loved, you know, by this term. But he seemed to share a very intimate relationship with Jesus, unlike any uh, of the other disciples. And note where John finds himself in the story. He's the one closest to Jesus. In fact, He's the one leaning back almost into his chest at this table when this rather intense moment goes down. And, you know, in doing a little bit of reading and kind of research on this topic, um, it was interesting for me to discover that in sort of Jewish Jewish, uh, uh, traditions, they weren't sitting around a kind of a standard dining room table setting as we would know it today, you know, with chairs and sort of all sitting around a big kind of eight seater. It was rather um, about three longish couches which they would almost recline at around sort of a central table. So it was far more resting down on these couches, kind of leaning on their left arm, which would allow them to eat with their right hand. And this is kind of how these, how these meals were shared amongst friends. And so John sitting at Jesus' right hand side is the one closest to him. And so when he asks Jesus this question, he doesn't have to move around. He simply leans back into Jesus' arms. I thought, I, thought about, I thought about that picture for a moment and I, it's such a beautiful image for me. And I just wondered, you know, how, how, how am I doing personally in my proximity to Jesus, in my closeness to him in terms of my relationship? You know, am I so close to him that when things get confusing or tough or tense like this moment when Judas is betraying Jesus, that I don't have to get up and walk around some table to go and ask him a question. All I have to do is simply lean back and recline into the arms of the Lord, because that's where I've been sitting all along, right beside him. As we know, he's been sitting right beside us all along as well. And perhaps that's just something for you to think about today as you head on out and just ask ourselves a question, how are we doing in our proximity to Jesus? How close are we in terms of our relationship to him? And who else can we encourage to get close to him also? So I hope that was uh, encouraging for you, something to think about today. These pictures that are uh, presented for us in this Gospel of John with two really, really um, powerful principles to to uh, perhaps draw from and use as an encouragement. But I'm gonna wrap up for us in a word of prayer and then we can head on up with the rest of our day. Thank you so much to everyone for jumping on board and for sharing your comments and for saying hi. Really is um, appreciated. But let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you so much um, that you are close to us. Lord, thank you that just as we read that that, that the Apostle John could recline back into you. So can we do that today? As well, Lord, we can rest in you, literally rest in your arms. Father, thank you so much that your spirit is alive in us. That is, he's guiding us, he's shaping us, he is molding us. And we just um, allow him permission today to to, to work in us and accomplish whatever plan he has installed. Because we know that the Holy Spirit draws us to you. He reveals you to us and to the world. And so we submit to your leadership, Jesus. Thank you that you model so perfectly what it means to be a godly leader in that you used your authority and your destiny to serve people. And Lord, we commit to doing that today as well. Father, thank you so much for um, the rain that has fallen in the city. We pray that it will continue. And we pray also for your spiritual rain, Lord, to fall in our communities, to cause people to awaken, to rise up in their identity as sons and daughters of the Most High. Jesus, our Redeemer. So thank you, Lord, so much for this time. Would you bless us now as we go? And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.